Welcome to the Trinity Galewood podcast. Here you'll find live messages recorded during our weekly services at Trinity. We are a community that desires to look, live, and love more like Jesus. We're located at 1701 North Narragansett in Chicago and meet every Sunday morning at 1030 a.m. We hope you enjoy this episode of the Trinity Galewood podcast. Let me pray for us as we dive into our message this morning. Jesus, you are here, you are present. Send your spirit on our hearts right now to receive you. Let our ears be open, let our hearts be open. Let us receive the word that you have for us today. Amen. One of the beautiful things about Easter is that it happens every single time in the spring. There is always the joy of uh, the trees blooming. Our neighbors are like coming out now on walks. We're like starting to see people, right? We met a couple the other day who was on a walk with a two and a half week old baby. They had not left the house in months. And I was like, you look like it. That's fine though. It's fine though. (laughs) That there is this resurrection that is happening that that we are seeing, that we are paying attention to in, in many other ways. And that's the beauty of what Easter offers, is that we get to be reminded of this resurrection constantly that's, that's happening all around us. Something that is really obvious in our lives is we can see the darkness. We can see how sin is present. We do not need a lot of imagination to know that, that life is difficult. And I feel like uh, you can see these pictures and you either think of somebody, maybe it's yourself, or can feel the emotion that's being felt in this picture, like what is loneliness? What is disconnection and pain when it feels like no one's listening to me? Especially when it comes to racial injustice, of like the separation of of my experience. And if you have experienced or are experiencing the loss of a loved one, Easter might even touch on a special chord for you. And at the same time, life isn't just the the hard stuff, it's also the joy, new life, right? Have you ever seen a newborn baby and like your hands just go out to it automatically? I will be picking you up. (laughs) Or the joy of of a new job, getting into grad school, getting accepted, like we can feel the excitement on his face or a new relationship. Like, this this is what life is. It's the mix of these things, of the joy and the pain. And that is what Easter is. We only have resurrection because of crucifixion. We have the joy of Easter because of the hardship of of what they went through. And we experience this with the story of the road to Emmaus. That these are disciples that followed Jesus around. They knew the teachings. They knew him. And yet they are in a longing for hope. Maybe you've found yourself in a similar place, and we get to join disciples who are going through some same stuff that we are going through. When I think about the hope that I have of like, where do I find hope? Recently, it's been in, if I can just get to a fantastic vacation. And then, and only then, when I get to the vacation, will, it be, will I have found like relief? And this is like my ideal vacation. I don't know where this is. This is just on the travel websites when you go there. It's this clear water and a hut above it. I would love to go there. And and then, you know, the reality is, once I get there, I'm going to bring me there too. 
my problems are going to show up with me, right? So if this is the thing I'm hoping for to, to relieve what I'm going through, obviously it's going to fall through. And maybe we've, we've done the same thing with, with money, with a job title, maybe it's with a relationship. Like it's easy to recognize where we have put hope and then recognize where that will eventually fail us. And we see the same thing happening with the disciples who are on the road to Emmaus, that they are distraught, even though they've been with Jesus who said this was going to happen. And what they are looking for in hope of him is we thought that this was going to be the one to redeem Israel, thinking about Jesus in this political light that we are living under Roman occupation and he will relieve us from that and make us a nation again. And, and how are we supposed to have a king who's dead? How are you supposed to follow a leader who's no longer here? That was the hope that they had put into Jesus. And here it is dashed. And, and, and this makes sense in their, in their world. We also get to see a little bit more of what they're going through. We get to hear this hope of longing in verse 19. We get to hear this hope of longing in verse 19 that they say he's a... They're, descri- they're describing to Jesus who Jesus is because they don't fully recognize that this is him. They're saying to what they think is a stranger, don't you know what's happened? This man is a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. He can do miracles. We saw them. They have a, a you can hear the longing in their voice. And then an anger at the betrayal This is verse 20. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. People that we trusted, that we looked to for guidance, crucified the man who offered hope. And then we see here in verse 21, a pain of shattered hopes. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel, this political leader. And then finally, this feeling of despair. Verse 21, and what is more, it is the third day since all these things happened. They are believing in this finality of the death that maybe, maybe on day one and day two, there could have been some hope that we could see one last miracle, that Jesus would come back, that maybe he didn't really die there, and they would see this hope of Jesus returning, but here we are the third day. There's no way Jesus is coming back from this. And so where do they go? They go from Jerusalem, most likely back home, to return to a life that they knew and try and make sense out of everything that just happened. They're looking for hope, and actually hope finds them. Jesus is the one who finds them. And what do we see in his response? He listens. He hears what they have to say first. They get to tell their story first. And then Jesus offers this hope where he doesn't change their story. Instead, he just redeems the story. He doesn't change what happens. He just offers an ending that they didn't recognize. He offers himself. He says, don't you know that the Son of Man had to suffer? Don't you know that the Son of Man had to suffer in order to be lifted up and be lifted high? And then takes them through the Psalms, the prophets, and the Law of Moses. That's the entire Old Testament. They got an Old Testament sermon from Jesus, personalized. How fantastic is that? Who, you're stuck with me. They got Jesus. 
The beauty of this is that it doesn't change what happened to Jesus. It doesn't change the story that they have. It just offers redemption to it. And Jesus is offering the same thing to our story. Jesus is offering the same redemption to our story, that there is hope right now, and there is hope in the future. That's really difficult to understand because if we're going through pain, if we're going through something difficult, it feels like uh, there is no road out of this. This is just how it will be forever. And instead, we get Jesus' presence in the form of many ways. One of them is oftentimes people, his people, that he says, so the Father has sent me, I am sending you. That the love that I have and carry, I'm offering that to you to give to other people. Let them know that it is for them as well. So that when you're, if you are mourning the loss of somebody, it can feel like this is very final, but then you have someone who comes and sits next to you. Someone who shows up with a pan of cheesy potatoes and says, I made lunch for you. I'm going to mourn with you. Doesn't that feel like, like hope now? and not just waiting for hope in the future. Maybe you're like me, and I've been brought to these two questions uh, for the Easter season of what is the resurrection mean? Like this happened a while ago. What does the resurrection mean? And what I have found in, in, in paying attention to this question on my heart is that it can, you can feel overwhelming and you can feel lost, like that's what I'm going through, and yet it is hard to believe that this is true, and yet it is, like kind of all that wrapped together. That Jesus is present with the people on the road to Emmaus. He is present with them before they know it's him. That Jesus is present with you before you know he's present with you. There is beauty in that. There is grace in that, that he knows what I needed before I needed it and shows up. And I feel like the second question, also huge answer to this. What, is this, what does the resurrection mean? That it's true. That this, isn't, this isn't a concept, this is an idea, this is a true story. And this makes everything that Jesus said true. He is dead and now he's alive. Who can do that? Who can do that? God. So if God has said these things, then these things are true. Let me point out some of them to you. You will do greater things than me. Jesus fed 5,000 people with not a lot of food. You will do greater things than me that we have this power? Same power, same power. Like it's true, it's true. This, this one to me is a little easier at my mind around. Repent and forgiveness. That you, that you have the ability to turn from your life and find new life. That is accessible to you through Jesus. If you've ever been in a relationship where you were the one who caused it to end, and you're like, this is over, the things that I have said and done have caused this relationship to be over, and then forgiveness was offered to you, that is resurrection. That is given to you from Jesus, from that person, alive in the moment, right now. The second question that I was brought to is, what does the resurrection offer for us today? 
What does this mean for us today? And I think it's these two things. It is hope that is now and hope that is in the future. Hope that is now and in the future, that we can find relief and comfort and joy in Jesus now because he is present through his people. And then we also will find his presence true in the wine and the bread that we're going to take later, his body and his blood. That we see in the story, they don't know it's Jesus until when? Until they take the bread and the wine the same way that we get to to do this. Then it is revealed to them, and I don't understand it, oh, this is who we've been talking to all along. This is Jesus. That we get to have that same giving of us in the same meal. And then hope in the future. That when, when we get to be with Jesus, this hope is fully realized and that you may still walk around with pain and sorrow or scars, but that's okay because so does Jesus. He goes to the disciples and says, here, put your, put your hand in my hand and feel the scar. Put your hand in my side and feel the scar. That evil may leave a mark, that sin may leave a mark, but it doesn't mark us as theirs. We are marked for Jesus. And that though you may have the pain and the scar, it does not claim you. Jesus claims you. Jesus' grace is washed over you and it is yours. It is also yours that you have the ability to give to other people. When you show up for them, when you pay attention to them, when you listen to their story, the same way that Jesus shows up for the disciples and says, tell me what happened, tell me what you're going through. And then what does he offer himself? I want to offer this like relief that if you're feeling like, yeah, this, this is a great story, but I still don't get it. I want you to know you are in great company because the end of the story is the disciples who say, who are described as sitting in disbelief, wonder, and joy. If you are feeling like, I don't fully get it, you're in good company. These guys walked around with Jesus and they are still having a hard time fully grasping it. You are welcome to come and explore and get to know Jesus more and more into the relationship that he's inviting us into. Not to know him with some head knowledge, not to cling to him with with this heart of like, if I can feel you, then it's real, but instead into a relationship with Jesus. How powerful is that, that? That God of the universe says, I want to be with you. Now, I want to offer four really, really practical where do I go from here? What you're saying is fantastic and the Jesus you're describing is really cool. Where do I go from here? Right now, today, I'm gonna to invite you into communion. That you can participate right now with us in taking the body and the blood and receiving Jesus the same way that the disciples did. But secondly, one thing that's been really, really helpful for me in bringing what feels like a black and white photo of Jesus into some color is watching this TV series called The Chosen. If you like crying, you're gonna enjoy this show <laughs> because you're going to feel a grace that feels like tangible and true in a way that you haven't felt before. So I, I would invite you to watch the show. 
Uh, and then thirdly, if you are, the next time you're out at coffee or hanging out with a friend, a roommate, a spouse, whatever, bring up this question. Because I think that it's a longer discussion than what we're having right now. But what does the resurrection offer for us today? Where can you start? You can start with this story. This is in Luke 24. You can start with this story. You can also pray for the Spirit, that the Spirit would, would offer some revelation, would offer some clarity, and that you'd spend time with this question. It's one that has, one that has really been like on my heart for the past couple months because it's so powerful and yet mysterious, kind of all wrapped together. So I would invite you to the question. And then finally, if you are, if you are attracted to this Jesus, and at the same time want what he's offering but don't fully get it and you're falling into that disbelief, joy, and wonder category, like you're in good company, that's where we are as a church. That I invite you to come back and join us as we are learners, as we are participators with Jesus, that, that each Sunday we're not showing up with answers but showing up with questions, that would love for you to come back and join us. The beautiful thing about what Jesus offers for us today is that these two things can be true. That there can be pain and despair and there can be hope and salvation. And that Jesus' life is the proof of that hope. Jesus rising from the dead is the proof that we can have hope in him. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let me pray for us as we continue in worship. We are grateful for you, Jesus, one who meets the disciples on the road and redeems their story. Hope in you. Jesus, we are on the road. We are looking for hope. Let us find it in you. Like the disciples, we are wanting a different life, a, di a different result. And your grace is an answer to that. Your hope is an answer to that different life. You invite us into purpose and in me into meaning by giving you praise. As we continue to worship, I pray that we would be brought closer to you, your love and your grace, that your love and your grace would be revealed to us. We know that you are present with us this morning. Echoing the words from Romans, you have demonstrated your love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. You are alive now. You are king now. You are present now. Amen.